MLB Pipeline has released their top 10 farm systems across all of baseball. I'm going to tell you where the Washington Nationals rank. And here, I'll even give you a little hint. It makes me giddy. I'm going to tell you right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. And guys, lowest price are always guaranteed with the Game Time app. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for all things baseball in the podcast form with the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. And as I was saying, the Nationals have ranked in the top 10 of MLB Pipeline's farm system rankings across all of Major League Baseball. And here's the thing, guys. It is due to one thing and one thing only. The Nationals trade away Juan Soto last year. That is what the Nationals have done over the last year that has made them make this massive, huge jump in the farm system rankings. As I will say, they rank at number 10 right now in all of baseball. And that is just a huge jump because just two years ago, in 2021, before the Nationals sold away Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Daniel Hudson, All those guys, the Nationals ranked dead last at number 30 for these prospect rankings and for farm system rankings in general, and it wasn't even close. The Washington Nationals were dead last as, yes, they had Cade Cavalli, but even then, he was the only prospect the Nationals had that was any sort of a prized possession up to that point. So here's my thing. That Juan Soto trade is starting to show its value, and here's why. The Washington Nationals' run in the 2010s wasn't from what they were spending. Yes, they did choose to spend their money wisely. Some people could even say that that Max Scherzer contract that we signed with him in 2015 might have been the best deal in all of baseball, in the history of baseball. But even then, you look at it, The stars that we had surround that talent that we signed with Jason Worth, Max Scherzer, Daniel Murphy, is guys that we produced in our farm system. Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg, Trey Turner, all those core guys, Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto, all those guys are guys that we bred in this farm system. Here's the thing. The Nationals had to pull the plug last year when they did. Because Mike Rizzo is a genius when it comes to trades like these. He knows when to find its value at its highest. And that's when Juan Soto's was just last year at the deadline. You get two and a half years of control for Juan Soto. You don't need to extend him this second. But here's the thing also. You 
can't trade him for the same value that he was at that moment, even if you waited just a few months into the offseason, similar to the way that the Boston Red Sox did with Mookie Betts. Well, they didn't get nearly the return that they could have for him. The Nationals got James Wood, Robert Hassel, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Yarlin Susanna. Those are five huge guys in this trade, and not even to mention Luke Voigt, who was just kind of a throw-in piece at that point. But here's why. The Nationals have gotten better in the farm system, and that is all that matters. Look across the teams that are sustained success year after year. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Yankees, all of those teams know how to develop their own prospects, and they have done so in a huge way. Yes, the Dodgers have spent on a Freddie Freeman or a Mookie Betts or name that flashy big-time player. Yes, they have spent on guys like that, but it would not mean anything if it were to mean that the Dodgers wouldn't have a top farm system in baseball. Because really, looking at this and all the farm system rankings to go with it, the Los Angeles Dodgers are still near the top of almost any, any rankings that you look at. Right now, in MLB pipelines, they're at the number two farm system in all of baseball. So yes, we people love to talk about how they spend money and how we're jealous of that. But you know what I'm jealous of? The way that they produce prospects. And that's the way that the Nationals used to be. We used to be the Dodgers. Carter Keeboom was a top 15 prospect at one point entering 2020. A top 15 prospect in all of baseball. Not even in the system. This was a franchise, talking about the Nationals, who have produced a ton of talent down in the minor leagues. It's just something to where we drain the swamp going for a championship every single year, and that's going to happen. But here's also the big, big question mark. Mike Grizzo hasn't done well drafting in the later first back half of the draft. He hasn't been able to find these studs in the mid rounds that other organizations have, like the Braves with Michael Harris, Von Grisham, all those guys like them, they do it. They can live this life. Yes, they can also spend the money. Yes, they also have genius general managers who are, incredible when it comes to creating money and creating some space to where they are able to afford players like Freddie Freeman or like the Braves who are able to extend someone like Michael Harris. That's what smart organizations do. And that's what the Nationals are starting to look like as you've seen them extend Kibert Ruiz, as you have seen them improve in the farm system rankings. You have guys who are already in the major leagues who still, in my mind, are considered prospects. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams. Where would they rank amongst the Nationals' top 10 prospects if you were looking at it from this perspective? Where would they actually rank? Because that is something to where we don't even really think of. You know? I almost sneezed there. Wow. But here's the thing. The Nationals have made these moves to where they can now put themselves in a position for a successful next few years in the minor leagues, down on the farm, and also not even to mention the Nationals have the number two overall pick this year. What is it going to look like once they make that selection? 
And oh, not even to mention, the number one prospect in all of baseball was a second-round pick, Gunnar Henderson. And guys, Gunnar Henderson was the second overall pick in that second round. What do the Nationals have this year? The second overall pick in the second round to where they can manipulate the draft stock, maybe take someone they wouldn't at number two overall, take someone in the top 10 prospect lift, give them a little less of a signing bonus and save that money for the second round the way that the Orioles have done it because they are the number one prospect system in all of baseball and it isn't even close. So that's the recipe that the Nationals will be following going forward. And that is the way to build these teams. Because again, to even look back at that 2010s team, the Nationals, they had the prospects. They had the ability to spend knowing that if a contract goes sideways like it has gone with Patrick Corbin, you can reach down in your farm system. You can get a guy like a Tanner Roark back in the day when the Nationals traded for him, and he can make a difference in the system. You've seen it time and time again with these organizations and what they do differently and how they build their team. The Nationals aren't a huge market like the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers. They won't be spending the way that they are, and no one should be expecting that of them. So here's what they have to do. Here's what we have to do, actually, is build through the farm system. And that is what this Nationals team is doing. And that's what they have to do. And they are recognizing that. They aren't going to be selling any way of these prospects. You won't see James Wood in pinstripes in 2025. You won't see Elijah Green in the New York Mets system in 2024. You won't be seeing that because these are guys who will be in the system moving forward who will be helping us down the line. And that is the vision that Mike Grizzo sees for this national staff because, again, two years ago, dead last in all of baseball. Fast forward two years, we are in the top 10 of MLB farm systems, according to MLB Pipeline. But, hey, we are one week away from opening day and the Nationals. They still have some questions, but here's my big question that I'm going to attack after this. Between the new corner infielders, Dominic Smith and J. Mayer Candelario, who is likeliest to bounce back in 2023? I will have that answer. But before we answer that, I got to tell you guys about our new friends over at Game Time. And guys, have you ever had to buy tickets right before an event and you're waiting in line at name that ticket source? Well, I have, and it sucks waiting for your tickets. That's why my friends at Game Time. They have you covered because they are two clicks away from buying tickets. It's really that easy. I'll give you an example. Last week, I went to the Wizards game, and if you don't know, I work my normal job up until 6.30 p.m. It's a 7 o'clock tip. I needed tickets real quick. And guess what? I downloaded game time, and guess what they did? Two clicks away, I tapped the cheapest seats button, and that is what I got. Some nice, cheap seats right to my phone, and at 6.32, I was on my way to the Wizards game, and I was going to be on time. So, guys, snag the tickets without the stress 
with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It is that much fun to be with Game Time. And now time to talk about some of these veterans who could be making the bigger impact with the Washington Nationals. And here's my thing. You look at Jamer Candelario and the Nationals signing him. He has had success in the past. Like, for example, in 2021, leading the major leagues in doubles. Then you look at Dominic Smith, an elite defensive first baseman who has also had major success at the plate at times. But also there's question marks with these guys. There's big ones, in fact. Dominic Smith was let go for a reason. Jamer Candelario was as well. What was that reason? Well, for Candelario, not only was he struggling at the plate, but he's not an elite defensive third baseman. Dominic Smith, on the other hand, he is an elite first baseman. But he hasn't been able to get it done at the plate. So to answer my own question, I think it will be Dominic Smith. And in fact, I think Dominic Smith could have a little resurrection in 2023. Here's why Dominic Smith in the past has actually had very successful seasons in the major leagues and much more recent than someone like Candelario. This was someone who had a 993 OPS in 2020. Yes, it was limited action and only 50 games for him. But that's when he was also playing a consistent first base with the Mets. And over the last few years, in 2021 and 2022, they have fiddled around with him, moved him to left field, played him at right field, and not really getting the defensive reps over at first base, which was he was drafted to do out of high school in California. He was a first-round pick as a first baseman out of high school. That is not something you see a lot. And in fact, you rarely see it, if ever. So when talking about Dominic Smith, take the defensive side of things out of this conversation because that's where he is best at. Where he needs to improve at is the plate. Because last year, he had similar production to Victor Robles. And in fact, you could say Victor Robles had a more productive year at the plate in 2022. But I think the upside is there for Dominic Smith. Because then again, Victor Robles has had one year of success at the plate, and that was 2019, the year the Nationals won the World Series. That is the type of production the Nationals could get out of Dominic Smith, an elite defensive guy, someone who has lower expectations at the plate where it's easier to reach. And I think in a different situation with Victor Robles comparing Dominic Smith and and Robles, again, I think these are two different cases because Victor Robles doesn't really have the excuse that Dominic Smith could use. Robles has played a consistent center field position. He hasn't played anywhere else in his time in the bigs so far since 2019. He is the national center fielder. So he's had those opportunities. At the plate, he hasn't taken advantage of them. Similar to Dominic Smith. He is an elite defensive first baseman. 
He just hasn't been able to stick at first base as they have guys like uh, Pete Alonzo and Brett Beatty even getting into the mix over at first base and getting in the mix in the outfield also. His time has kind of come up with the Mets. They saw that he wasn't going to be able to outlast someone like Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is the Mets at this point. He is their Ryan Zimmerman, their David Wright. That is what Pete Alonso is to the Mets at this moment in time. Dominic Smith is going to have opportunities this year to prove himself time and time again that he is worth the shot that the Nationals are taking on him. Now, what can he do to ultimately improve his majors experience well this is what he can do it's improve the power you have seen over the years even down in spring training this year just yesterday even Dominic Smith can be a little too conservative at the plate meaning that he's not really getting the best pitches when he can he's taking a lot of fastballs and sometimes in my mind I've said over the past that it's nice to be a little pickier at the plate in the big leagues because I want you to get your pitch. And if you're going to be swinging at everything, kind of similar to a Victor Robles who gets fooled on a curveball every Tuesday, it's going to open up some opportunities for you. If Dominic Smith can sit back, level his swing, and get that power back and get some line drives going and decrease that ground ball percentage that has gone way up over the last few years, that is where you will see the biggest difference with Dominic Smith. Now, what expectations should be placed on him is the big question here. I think expectations of somewhere hovering around a 240 batting average with a 730 OPS is reasonable expectations for someone who has had years of a 950 OPS, who has had years of 850s OPS. He just hasn't been able to do it consistently over the last few years, and I'll make this excuse for him. He hasn't been able to stick around at his comfortable position, which is first base, and that does play a huge factor in baseball in my mind. A lot of people have their rituals. They have their routines. They know what they are comfortable with. And I think in baseball, playing 162 games, being comfortable is maybe looked past by a lot of people, but it shouldn't be. It should not be. These people are creatures of habit. They have small windows to really just hone in on what they can do best. Well, I think Dominic Smith, what he does best is his defensive first base and what he does over there. He is a special first baseman looking at him. He makes it look easy. And not even to mention his numbers in the past, someone who has had power in his bat for extra base hits. Also not to mention, he's a great dude. He is an amazing locker room presence for a young team. And again, Dominic Smith has been on some winning teams with the Mets. He's been on some bad teams with the Mets. He's been on the rebuilding Mets. He knows what it's like. He's had a roller coaster of a career. I'm not worried about him getting in his own head with a bad team because some people aren't cut out for it. Like Jonathan Papelbon back in 2015, the Nationals weren't good. Manager Matt Williams kind of lost the clubhouse. Bryce Harper seemed to be kind of a hothead at that point. Jonathan Papelbon didn't like losing. 
And also, he didn't like not closing games. When that opportunity didn't come, he started to show why he was not in for a rebuild or a retool, you could call that 2015 season, that MVP season for Bryce Harper. So I think Dominic Smith is 100% in the fold when it comes to a rebuilding team. I'm not worried about anyone's ego here. I can tell you this for a fact, he has no ego. You're going to love Dominic Smith, not only the player, but the man that he is. And maybe that sounds weird, but I work on the Grant and Danny show. He was on that show last week. I got to get to know him a little bit. He was an awesome, awesome guy. You guys will love him. So I can't wait to talk about him and get him on this show sometime, hopefully soon. Before we move on, I got to talk about C.J. Abrams and really the ceiling that he has this year, but even a deeper look at it. Where will he improve most in 2023? I'm going to tell you guys my answer, but before we got to talk about FanDuel, the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Guys, I got the Warriors tonight on the money line. It's at TNT Thursday, so you know I have to ride with the Warriors. Steph Curry for the win. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get back into some ceiling talk for C.J. Abrams and what can he improve on most from this season? Well, with all the new rules, the limitations that you have for picking off runners, you can't just throw over to first base or second base or third base, however many times you want. There are limitations to that per at-bat. There's a pitch clock. So you can start timing these things out when it comes to base running. I think C.J. Abrams this year has a potential to even steal 40-plus bags for the Washington Nationals and maybe even more. Who really knows at this point? But C.J. Abrams is a 60-plus speed guy. Coming out of the minor leagues, this was someone who wreaked havoc on the base paths, and I expect him to do that this year. You started to see it last year once Davey Martinez let him run loose, as he should have, because that is where C.J. Abrams is most dangerous. I hate to make this comparison, but when you look at a young Trey Turner, that's kind of what I see with C.J. Abrams. I don't expect to have the bat of Trey Turner at this point in his career, but I think from a base running standpoint and just from being a nightmare to deal with on the base path, that is what C.J. Abrams will be. And you will see that this year and how that could make a huge difference for the Nationals. Getting C.J. in scoring position from first base to second base in a blimp of an eye, that is a big deal, especially if you have someone like Joey Manessis, Kibert Ruiz, Dominic Smith, who are able to hit in C.J. Abrams 
and start to make some noise. And I think you will see that in a huge way this year for C.J. Abrams because stolen bases over the years, they've kind of been an overrated stat. I think with these rule changes, that is where you will see the biggest impact when it comes to talking about these new rules and what they can do. C.J. Abrams is going to be a problem out there when it comes to stealing bags. You're going to see a ton of it. And not only to mention, his hit tool, this spring training, has seemed to have gone through the roof. You've seen a lot of swing adjustments from him. I saw one breakdown the other day talking about his swing and how he's starting to level out and not really slant that bat to where you saw a lot of last year when he was popping out and grounding out a lot. You've seen way more hard-hit balls in 2023 than you have in 2022 in just that limited amount of time. C.J. Abrams is only in the bigs for about two months, if that, give or take. So I think we will see a huge jump up in production, not only from the plate, but in the base path in particular, because that is where C.J. Abrams' value lies for the Washington Nationals. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. Guys, we are one week away from opening day. We will continue to be pushing out all the best Nationals content in the stratosphere of planet Earth. Go Nationals. How about that?